Day 23 Story of the Blind Baba Abdallah I was born in Baghdad and was left an orphan, for my parents died within a few days of each other. I had inherited from them a small fortune, which I worked hard night and day to increase, till at last I found myself the owner of eighty camels. These I hired out to traveling merchants and always returned with large profits. One day I was coming back from Balsora. I was resting in the shade under a tree when a dervish sat down by my side. We soon made friends, and after we had asked each other the usual questions, we produced the food we had with us and satisfied our hunger. While we were eating, the dervish happened to mention that in a spot only a little way off from where we were sitting, there was a hidden treasure seem as full as if it had never been touched. Good, dervish, I see plainly that the riches of this world are nothing to you, but tell me where it is and I will load my eighty camels with it and give you one of them as a token of my gratitude. The dervish saw quite well what was passing in my mind, but he did not show what he thought of my proposal. My brother, he answered quietly, you know as well as I do that you are behaving unjustly, but the fact that I have told you of its existence shows that I had confidence in you, and that I hoped to earn your gratitude by making your fortune as well as mine. But before I reveal to you the secret of the treasure, you must swear that you will give half to me. I think you will see that this is fair, for if you present me with forty camels, I on my side will give you the means of buying one thousand more. I could not, of course, deny that what the dervish said was perfectly reasonable, but despite that, the thought that the dervish would be as rich as I was unbearable to me. I collected my camels, and we sat out together under the guidance of the dervish. After walking some time, we reached what looked like a valley. The valley, or open space, was shut up by two mountains which no human being could climb. Make your camels lie down in this open space, he said, so that we can easily load them. Then we will go to the treasure. Then he tried to kindle a fire out of some dry wood. As soon as it was alight, he threw on it a handful of perfumes and pronounced a few words that I did not understand. And immediately a thick smoke rose high into the air. He separated the smoke into two columns. And then I saw a rock slowly open and a splendid palace appear within. The dervish set to work, but I soon noticed that he confined himself to collecting precious stones, and I felt I should be wise to follow his example. At length, the camels were loaded with as much as they could carry. Before this was done, the dervish went up to a great golden vase, which he hid in the bosom of his dress, 
merely saying that it contained a special kind of ointment. Then he once more kindled the fire, threw on the perfume, and murmured the unknown spell, and the rock closed and stood whole as before. The next thing was to divide the camels and to charge them with the treasure, and then we parted, the dervish going towards Balsora and I to Baghdad. I had hardly come up with my camels when the demon of envy filled my soul. I said to myself, He alone has the secret of the treasure and can always get as much as he wants, and I halted my camels by the roadside and ran back after him, and it did not take me very long to come up with him. My brother, you are a dervish by profession, and live a very quiet life, only caring to do good, and careless of the things of this world. You do not realize the burden that you lay upon yourself when you gather into your hands such great wealth. If you are wise, you will not encumber yourself with more than thirty camels, and you will find those trouble enough. You are right, replied the dervish. I confess I had not thought about it. Choose any ten you like and drive them before you. I selected ten of the best camels. I had got what I wanted, but I had found the dervish so easy to deal with that I rather regretted I had not asked for ten more. He had only gone a few paces, and I called after him. My brother, I said, I am unwilling to point that large experience of camel driving is necessary. In your own interest, I feel sure you would be much happier if you entrusted ten more of them to me for with my practice. As before, the dervish made no difficulties, and I drove off my ten camels in triumph, only leaving him with twenty for his share. I had now sixty, and anyone might have imagined that I should be content. But the more one has, the more one wants. So it was with me. I redoubled my prayers and embraces and promises of eternal gratitude till the last twenty were in my hands. My eyes were so blinded by gold, suddenly I remembered the little box of ointment that the dervish had hidden, and which most likely contained a treasure more precious than all the rest. What are you going to do with that little box of ointment? It seems hardly worth taking with you. You might as well let me have it. And really, a dervish who has given up the world has no need of ointment. However, far from refusing it, the dervish at once held it out, saying gracefully, Take it, my friend, and if there is anything else I can do to make you happy, you must let me know. Directly, the box was in my hands. I wrenched off the cover. Are you so kind, I said? Tell me, I pray you. What are the virtues of this ointment? If you apply a little of it to your left eye, you will behold in an instant all the treasures hidden in the earth. But beware, lest you touch your right eye with it, or your sight will be destroyed forever. His words excited my curiosity to the highest pitch. 
Make trial on me, I implore you, I cried, holding out the box to the dervish. The dervish took the box, and bidding me shut my left eye, touched it gently with the ointment. When I opened it again, I saw spread out as it were before me treasures of every kind and without number. But, as all this time, I had been obliged to keep my right eye closed, which was very fatiguing. I begged the dervish to apply the ointment to that eye also. If you insist upon it, I will do it, answered the dervish. But you must remember what I told you just now, that if it touches your right eye, you will become blind on the spot. But I would not believe. I thought that if one eye could show me riches, the other might teach me how to get possession of them. And I continued to press the dervish to anoint my right eye. Since you are so determined upon it, he answered with a sigh, there's no use talking. And taking the ointment, he laid some on my right eye, which was tight shut. When I tried to open it, heavy clouds of darkness floated before me. I was blind as you see me now. I know that all my sufferings are caused by myself alone. But, good brother, have you nothing that will give me back my sight? I shrieked. Unhappy man, replied the dervish. I have none that will give you back your sight. You have proved yourself unworthy of the riches that were given to you. Now they have passed into my hands, whence they will flow into the hands of others less greedy and ungrateful than you. The dervish said no more and left me. He collected the eighty camels and proceeded on his way to Balsora. It was in vain that I entreated him not to leave me. He was deaf of my prayers and cries, and I should soon have been dead of hunger and misery if some merchants had not come along the track the following day and kindly brought me back to Baghdad. From a rich man I had in one moment become a beggar. Do I expiate the sin of avarice? I oblige each passer-by to give me a blow. This is my story. When the blind man had ended, the caliph addressed him. Baba Abdallah, truly your sin is great, but you have suffered enough. Henceforth, repent in private, for I will see that enough money is given you day by day for all your wants. At these words, Baba Abdallah flung himself at the caliph's feet and prayed that honor and happiness might be his portion forever.